Hello and welcome to this first of my podcasts in which uh, I'm sitting in a cherry orchard working on getting it ready to take out the cherries and then to bring in our chickens and uh, on this first podcast really telling you about the inspiration that it feels like to be to be speaking into this uh, because many many years ago I used to be a pastor and there was this incredible gift of uh, bringing things together for a weekly sermon between the community that we lived in, the experiences of my life, and the people in the community, and what was going on in the world, and the text that we were preaching from, from the scripture. So this feels like a coming home. And uh, then also to talk about the project that we're doing now, my wife Ann and me, with our uh, 500 laying hens right now, and how we're hoping to uh, continue to develop that. So um, the beginning of a journey. Welcome. That I'm going, and it's a hard road that I'm on. I am sitting here with my back up against the trunk of a cherry tree that I cut down. I'm walking through an orchard that I'm converting from cherries to where we're going to have our chicken farm. I'm kicking over old sprinkler heads and getting them out, and it seems like a good place to start this podcast. I've been waiting to get a speaker so I could have this phone in my pocket and then just speak into it and record. And I guess that'll come, but I can't figure that out right now. And then this morning I was out here with my chainsaw and I think I broke my chainsaw. And I was thinking like, gosh, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer, that's pretty dumb. And then remembering, you know, how am I gonna say all this stuff? It's like you start to think, Gosh, the world is not dependent on who I am or what I do. The stupid mistakes that I make or even the really great things that I do. And we're on this land that we bought earlier this year from some people who really support uh, that we're doing agriculture even though we're turning about 60 years old. And a friend of mine a couple weeks ago emailed me and said, you know, Lars, I think maybe you want a podcast because I've written some books about healing and earlier about unicycling. And I thought about it and it seemed so perfect. And when I started thinking about it, I actually started thinking about Nome, Alaska. When my wife Ann and I lived there, our children were born there. When I was having my first call as a pastor, Seems a long time ago that I was a pastor, but the thing I remembered about it, the thing that came to me was just how much I treasured that Sunday morning when I got to preach. I'd spent the whole week, you know, trying to have a conversation inside of my head that was going on between the scripture text for the week, what was going on in my life, what was going on in our community, what was going on in our world. And I was given the gift as a pastor of our Savior's Lutheran Church every week of, of putting that together or trying to put it together in a way that made connections for people's lives. And I remember that as just the greatest gift. It wasn't always comfortable. I'd get nervous. Always wondering, you know, is this like the right thing to say? Is this the best connection? And... Um, I would get up at four in the morning on Sunday morning and I'd go over to the church, completely empty. In the summer it was light, of course, because the sun's up all night. 
In the winter, it wouldn't get dark until after church finished at 11 o'clock. I mean, it wouldn't get light until then because the sun was down so low, we were pretty near the Arctic Circle. But there at four in the morning, I would pace in the sanctuary and then in the, the eating hall. And I would just, you know, try to be aware of what words should come up or could come up. And it was this incredible um, gift. And when my friend invited me to podcast, that all came back to me that, wow, I spend so much of time alone now. I'm a chicken farmer of all things after being a mechanical engineer and a pastor and a unicyclist and an author and a healer. Now I'm a chicken farmer and I spend all this time alone. And it's a spiritual journey for me. And it's like whenever I figure out how to do that recording, I can just put this phone in my pocket and I can have this conversation and I can share it and I can be back in that kind of communication, that conversation that went on there in Nome, Alaska. So I am actually really excited about beginning this adventure. My friend told me, you know, you don't really have to expect anybody to listen. If they do, it's a great thing. And if they give you some comments, you can, you can start a conversation. And if they don't, you can have a conversation with yourself, which is kind of amazing looking at this blue phone cover here right now. And there's just cherry trees all around. I think I've cut down about 2,500 cherry trees on this three and a half acres. They were 17 years old. And the farmers who had it before, you know, they had tended them all these years. And it feels kind of strange to cut them down. But cherries are overplanted here in the Chelan Valley in the area. And uh, if the old farmers are having trouble making it with cherries, I know that me as a novice, there's no way I could make it. But I do have chickens. I've got about 500 chickens now that are laying and about 360 that are three months old. And in a couple months, they'll be laying more eggs. And we have them at a friend's house and there's just too many chickens to keep those at his house. And so um, we started looking for land, thought we'd lease this land or a some land. And then the people said, you know, we'd, we'd actually like to sell it to you. And they made it possible for us to be here. And it's just a heck of a lot of work to get this all cut down. And now we have a tractor and we just bought a tractor recently as a brush rake on front, gonna have to push all these branches that I'm sitting in the middle of right now, push them into piles. And a lot of people burn them, but we don't really wanna burn them. We'd like to turn them into places we could grow food. So just lots of stuff going on, but I guess why I told you that is because I wanted to tell you that whenever I come up here, no matter how much there is going on, this just feels like such a peaceful place. Like peaceful in a way that not that many other places feel peaceful for me. There's uh, they were planted on a dog leg, these cherry trees, three and a half acres. And out on the front face, you look down on three lakes and you look across to the Cascade Mountains. And then when you look into the to the dog leg into the cherries that are all now cut down. To the right is a hill that goes up a couple hundred feet and to the left there's there's this hill that goes up and then in back of it are more mountains from the very eastern part of the Cascades. And we're really right on the edge of the wild. There's two undeveloped pieces of property in back and to the left of us. But just right beyond those, you can hike for miles and miles and miles in the wilderness. And we're getting this 
ready so that we can bring our chickens up here, have this farm and pick these eggs and sell them to folks and, and uh, be living on the land. Um, for the last dozen years or so, I've gotten more and more into gardening and got to the point where we were growing most of the food we ate except for our dairy products and eggs. And then we got chickens. And actually, the reason we started getting the chickens was uh, just for the, for the manure to make compost so that the garden would grow better. And then it turned out that um, the businesses, the local little egg places that um, had eggs went out of business in, uh, after we had our chickens for just a year. And we talked about like, wow, do we want to have more chickens and start to provide eggs to the store, to the stores. And um, I'd been going through this uh, experience of writing a book called The River of Life and going through before that this really quiet time of just, uh, of just being still and trying to be aware of my life and the way it was, um, the way it was happening. And so when we moved into these chickens, it was decidedly for me a spiritual experience. It was, it was the desire to have chickens and to raise them and to sell eggs, but from a place of being non-attached. Like not turning it into this results-oriented, uh, can I make it sort of process, but like, what does it mean to like have chickens, to do what it takes to have chickens, but, but to be in the awareness that like, it's all infinity, everything, you know, those kinds of crazy words about non-attachment and spirituality and infinity and source and God space and all that kind of stuff. And to do this physical material thing, like where if you don't feed those chickens every day, they die. If you don't water them every day, they die. If you don't take care of them, like real things happen not just a space of meditation, but living real things in a way of meditation. And it kept opening up. It kept opening up from those first 75 chicks that we bought to then a 300 more, and then a couple hundred chicks that uh, we bought from somebody or, or laying hands to get started. And then this year, another almost 400. And so now we have a lot of chickens and uh, there's this journey of like the physical and the spiritual and putting them together. And when we have guests up to the farm, there's lots of people that say, gosh, I wish I could have this life. And I know that there are so many people who are living in lives in the cities and, and just, you know, craving this connection with land and with the stuff of earth and of nature and of sky. And um, it feels like it would be good to share that too. Um, and maybe like when I share enough of it, people won't really want this life so much. It's like, oh, I could just listen to it instead of having to like break my chainsaw and take care of all this irrigation that I'm currently working on and cutting down all these cherries and moving this brush. And But now I'm walking down this aisle and pulling out strands of pipe and throwing them over to where I can drag them off of the orchard. So I guess I'll just keep doing that now. I'll stop. I've gotten out to the front. I told you from the front, you can see these three lakes. 
it's a good place just to sit down and continue. Like my friend Kent, he said, you know, these should be an hour long. I guess I talked about that after the recorder went off. And I was like, really? Like an hour? I remember back when I was a pastor, it was supposed to be a 10-minute sermon. And uh, actually that recording busted off at 10 minutes and 40 seconds. So that's pretty ironic. And the whole church service, it was supposed to be exactly one hour. Because people had things to do, places to go, stuff to see. And uh, I'm kind of in this world of communication where like your video has to be two minutes, your newsletter has to be readable in a couple minutes. And Ken said, you know, no, you want to be talking. You want to be sharing for like an hour, maybe 90 minutes. People listen to long podcasts. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I said, I don't even listen to music, much less podcasts. For me, I love the quiet and the space that comes. He says, yeah, but Lars, you're weird. He says, most people, we want to be hearing something. You know, either a podcast or some music or a conversation. We want that input around us. And it's like, wow, you get to like preach for an hour? Unheard of for me. So about that piece where I lost my awareness um, <clears throat> and it went into performance um, around this fundraiser that we're doing for our farm. So it brings me to like, what's special about this farm? Like, why would you, why would a person want to give money to a farm? And um, turns out that when we got our chickens, we went to uh, one of the finer restaurants in, in Chelan. We went to Campbell's restaurant and we asked them if we could have their food scraps to feed to our chickens. And they said, sure, that'd be great. And we don't have to throw them away. We get a cheaper food bill and we would love for that not to go to the landfill. And we would love for that to be fed to your chickens. So we started getting the brunch leftovers, the melons, the strawberries, the eggs, the bacon, the potatoes. We started to get... Um, the food uh, prep from the kitchens, the lettuce, asparagus, all those kinds of things. And the chickens loved them. And uh, the second year that we had chickens, uh, last summer, we um, started wondering, like, could we just feed all of these chickens, all 500 chickens, could we feed them completely from food scraps? And by the middle of summer, uh, we were doing that, middle of last summer. So for over a year now, all of the food that these chickens have been eating uh, has been collected food from restaurants and bakeries and breweries and grocery stores. And it's all food that is good. It's just leftover. And we get it right when it's leftover and give it to our chickens that day. And anything the chickens don't eat, it turns into compost. And what makes this special is that we are saving about 20 acres worth of farmland that doesn't have to be used to grow chicken food. That would take a lot of time and a lot of fuel for a tractor and a lot of seeds and a lot of harvesting and a lot of selling to the granary and then getting it bagged up and distributed and then us buying it and then us hauling it to our place and all of that stuff doesn't have to happen and all of that energy is saved and we're getting food that would otherwise end up in a landfill in these overcrowded landfills that we live in 
and that was satisfying in and of itself. Um, people love the eggs that we produce, the happy hen's eggs. Um, we say they're the tastiest eggs from the happiest hens, but these outdoor hens are eating an incredible variety of food. I mean, it's like food that, you know, your, your mom would have said, this is a nutritious diet, not junk food. It's all vegetables and fruits and meats and grains and things like that. And then the idea of like, my gosh, what if, what if we could help other people who want to be farmers to do this for themselves? Because um, like if you hang around and listen to me, you're going to find out it's a lot of work. Like I said, maybe you're not going to really want to be a homesteader. The homesteaders I know, they're all like working all the time. But if we could bring people here like for an internship for a year, and they could spend that time with us and they could learn everything that they could possibly learn so that their own beginning would be easier. And the fundraiser was the idea that we could actually help them get started. Like give them a tractor and the housing that they need for the chickens and the tools that they need. And like give it out of the sense that what they're doing is really important saving food from landfills, saving energy in this world, reducing carbon um, that we're putting into the atmosphere, creating good, solid local food, enhancing local communities, all that kind of stuff. And that investing in that would be like a really good thing for people to do. And I totally believe that. And then I, I mean, that's the point of my story. I totally got wrapped up into the performance of making it happen. Like the two minute videos, how to do the ask, what you got to say, you know, so that that you're doing stuff so that you get results from people. Which is nothing wrong with it, except for me, like I lost the sense of grace that this is all a gift. It comes out of source, it comes out of infinity. And I spent a couple months trying to write out of that place and nothing came. And when I finally got clear on that, I could finally write this newsletter that just says, wow, oh, that's what I lost. I lost the sense of the gift. And so it's really nice to be here talking about the gift, about the grace of life and about keeping one's attention on it, my attention on it. And that maybe in the sharing of it, um, that'll be useful because it's really easy for lots and lots of us to forget that it is all grace. It is all gift from the moment we're born till the moment we die coming from infinity, heading into infinity, we get this experience. I mean, I'm in front of these three lakes now and the mountains in the background and the green of spring, and it's like, how could you not feel it? But how too could I not feel it when I'm sharing the idea of this fundraiser and what we want to do as a farm, and yet I lost it? How could I lose it when I bust my chainsaw? And yet today, it didn't take long before it was like, you know what? Life is not about how stupid or smart I am. Remembering Desmond Tutu's words, right? That great archbishop of South Africa during the time of apartheid. And uh, had the privilege of hearing him speak once. 1,400 campus ministry students that I was with, and it was completely still. Everybody captivated by this, this man who just embodied the grace of life. And he said... You know, there's, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. Like not breaking that chainsaw wouldn't make 
you know, God loved me more, not being stupid like that. And then he said, you know, there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. That's pretty incredible. Easy to forget, like when you do stupid things like break a chainsaw. I've done so many stupid things with these chickens. And it's like, maybe it's like they keep happening. I don't know why things happen. I have no idea why things happen, but it's like, I could imagine that, that what there is for me to get out of that is what Desmond Tutu said. Nothing takes away from this being the gift. And it's kind of like I'm preaching again. <clears throat> but those are things I want to share because those are things I'm working on in my life. And for the last six or so years, six or seven years, I've been working on healing both for myself and helping a lot of other people. And I've written four books, I guess, now in that area. Um, I, I thought that was going to be my life and my living. Um, but, like, it didn't turn into a business. Then these chickens opened up. But there's still a lot to share. The thing that I became aware of that's really underknown is this process called memory reconsolidation, how you can actually remove fears and angers and sadnesses, upsets, PTSD, anxiety. You can literally remove them from impacting your life. And it's super, super simple to do. And somebody I was just on the phone with recently said, you know, I'm not always calm now, but when I'm in that space that you were helping me to become aware of, she says, there's nothing like it that I've ever experienced. And so I know that in these podcasts to come, I'll be, I'll be sharing some of that as well. I actually be sharing a lot of it. Like with the chainsaw, I got focused on something like I broke it. And in that moment of like, I broke the chainsaw, I lost my awareness of the space. I put my attention on something, and so I lost my awareness of everything. God, source, infinity, whatever you want to call it. Like, we can actually have the awareness of that. And what gets in the way are all these somethings that we perceive. The flowers that are in front of me here in springtime, the grass that's now drying out as we move into summer. There's a tractor down there that a neighbor has, right? But if you notice the space, that exists between us and everything. There's a space between every word I'm saying. There's a space between every thought. And mostly we don't get encouraged or taught to notice that space. But the space has nothing in it. And when you put your attention on nothing, and if you want, then you can be aware of everything because nothing's distracting us anymore. That's what that woman was saying when she had that awareness, that calm awareness of the space. She said, there was nothing like it that I'd ever experienced. And so I've loved that work with people. And then, and then when there's a particular anxiety or an upset that has captured our attention, like if we, if we release that from having its hold on us, well, then we can 
then we can be in the awareness of this feeling that comes across as calm instead of stress. It's been an incredible gift to really help hundreds of people with that over these last years. Like I said, I thought that's what I was going to be doing full time, but I'm really grateful to have these chickens. And from that space, I look around at all these trunks of cherry trees and all of the brush that I got to clear. And I'm incredibly grateful for all of that as well. Even though I really don't know in what time frame I'm going to get it done or what the next hurdles are or what I'm going to break next or what could be done better than I missed. I guess it's kind of nice to have this podcast where, you know, maybe nobody will even listen, but that's okay. But it's like, oh, yeah. Reminding myself that this is actually what I care about. To explore the living of a life this way. Years ago when I was a pastor, you know, people liked what I preached about a lot. And uh, what hadn't happened for me yet I hadn't yet become aware of that space inside. I was still acting and reacting to you know, the concepts of God. Gosh, there's amazing stuff in that Christian tradition. It's so simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself and know that you are infinitely loved. so simple and I did have some of that to share in me but for a long time I I didn't recognize that oh my gosh this space is just this space it is it is independent of me doing or making anything it just is and it's there for all of us to put our eyes on if we want or to not if we don't want and either way it's just fine because it all just is and chickens are the challenge for me to keep that awareness without losing it over the day when a chicken dies or when they stop laying eggs because it's too cold in the winter or they stop laying eggs because it's too hot in the summer or I'm not getting enough scraps or I'm getting too many or Right? All the this's and that's of the world, you may have one or two yourself. I think I'll save that for another time to like go over again and again probably this process of how you we remove the anxieties and the upsets from our life that it's so simple, it seems miraculous because normally you think we gotta do something to make something better and instead it's just like, gosh, if we could just access a space and then bring the space into the upset, the upset gets replaced. You have to identify the upset first, then you have to go out, then you have to come back. But um, in, this, uh, in this tension between infinity and the upsets and the somethings and the particularities of our life, infinity always wins. If we let our attention be there for a moment and then bring it back in. The particular gets replaced by the infinite. There's nothing better about that. I mean, 
having the particularities like emotions about chainsaws those are all great things it's what we get to have while we're alive but at some point for some people it does become interesting to like explore what is it that holds it all how is it that we're held what is this infinity in which we show up and have the particular experiences of our life and could i become free from those things that are upsetting me and holding my perceptions in a particular way that's causing me anger, fear, or sadness. Yeah, that was a good seven years and I'm actually pretty excited about every time I still get to do that. And even though it's not my eight hour a day job, it's a pivotal part of my life. And I think the sense of awareness of infinity has opened up um, more and more as the upsets in my life have have been uh, resolved to calm and that's the process that i created and share that i call the ice method and it's based on memory reconsolidation and like i said there'll be more of that in the future but but it's it was that process um, and i wish i'd known as a pastor to share it way back when but but these last six or seven years of of um this process of peeling back the layers of upsets and having them resolve to calm and more and more opens up until until you realize oh my gosh I can my awareness can be in the space of infinity and then I can go back and I can work on irrigation from that perspective hmm I wonder how many minutes I'm at now it's still recording that's cool I figured out how to see that 18, 27, plus 10, 40. Wow, I'm only at half an hour in this podcast. To my friend, it's hard to imagine having this continue to go like for an entire hour. I think I'll probably get to that at some point. But for today, I think this might be enough for a start. It feels really good to sit here. I'm looking forward to when I have the headphones and keep working on that irrigation. And I'm up at the new land and we don't have any chickens and it's going to be really nice when I can take you into the chicken yard and you can hear the sounds of those chickens. I was thinking about them this morning. In fact, actually, ever since my friend um, suggested I podcast, I've been, I've been thinking about it. It's like back to those days of being a pastor where the mind is is wrapped around sort of integrating life and and awareness and what's going on in the world and then and then the gift of trying to put language on it and i noticed in many of my projects it takes a while to be able to talk about them i think that's what happened with the gofundme it took a while to get the language for what we're up to and i'm sure it's going to take a while to get the language and the process of having this communication in this podcast. Um, but gosh, it feels good. It feels like a, kind of a coming back home to being a pastor. You know, someday I'll tell you stories about when I was a pastor and ultimately why I left and moved on and tell you about why I unicycled through all 50 states. And I'll tell you about a book called Straight Into Gay America that I wrote after that. That was my second book. The first one was One Wheel Many Spokes from that 50-state ride. And then the second one, I went unicycling and interviewing people about gay rights and just kind of what they felt about that and about gay marriage in a time before um, that had become legal. 
Again, I was out in a unicycle and, and um, just those, those times of trying to put life together. Much to share from that, much to share about what lies ahead. Thankful to, uh, to have this opportunity. It'd be nice to say thankful to be with you. And I guess if you've listened this far, you're here. And it's like, that's the weird thing. It's like when I was preaching, there's these people out there and you can see when they're falling asleep or when they're paying attention. And now I like have no idea. So I'm like monologuing with the blue cover on this phone. And, and uh, for myself and for sharing it. And if there's something nice to share with you, that's just a great feeling. And if you do hear it and you want to write me a note and there's something you want to hear about, about the chickens or about life or about healing or about unicycling or about fixing chainsaws, I'll let you know once I figured out how to fix that chainsaw. All right. With gratitude. Blessings for the day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. It's a hard road that I'm on To my home Across the Jordan All right, well, thanks for being with us today. Um, this is, I guess, called the outro. This is the thing at the end of it that says thanks. And I appreciate your attention. And I don't even know where to tell you to go to watch this stuff or share it or anything like that. But my friend, I told you, Kent, he's going to help me with this. And... Um, Maybe by the next time I'll have an outro that makes a little bit more sense. But for now, thanks for being here. Good wishes for the day. I'll be back with more soon. Bye-bye. I am a stranger. I've never seen the place I'm going. I am a pilgrim. I am a stranger. I've never seen the place I'm going. Thank you.